0: Ready? Oh. Somebody else's dogs are on the podcast now.
1: I know. First time ever.
0: (laughs) First appearance. Is that Baron or Duchess?
1: No, that was Baron.
0: Awesome. Hello, it's Thursday, May 26th, 2016, and this is episode 15 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. My name is Craig Stone. With me is Kyle Askin. Howdy. So we want to talk about our trip report. Uh, We were in Atlantic City last weekend for, well, a one-night trip for me and a a two-night trip for you, but there's some news that we have to plow through before we can get to that, and uh, it was a pretty eventful day in Atlantic City News. Uh, yeah, that's true. If it wasn't for today,
1: we could have probably gotten through it much quicker, but unfortunately some things happened.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, you know, this is great. We're just going to be able to talk about the trip and get right into it and have a nice long trip report episode, and instead we've got some uh, stuff we got to get through. So first and foremost, we mentioned the open container law uh, being talked about being considered at city council last week. That got tabled. Uh, they decided not to vote on it uh, basically because they wanted to hear more sort of voices and get more sides of uh, proponents and detractors. And so out of that, though, interestingly, some people said they wanted to be more widely allowed. It wasn't actually that people coming in and saying, this is going to be terrible. I mean, surely a couple of people said that, but there were a couple people who were arguing that it should be actually uh made more widely available within the tourism district in Atlantic City and one of the main people was Tom Forkin who is the chair of the city city's alcohol beverage control board uh he is on board with making this thing more widely available so that's interesting um i know you made a comment about that in the uh In the Facebook group, when this article got posted, it's an article by Christian Hedrick from the Press of Atlantic City. We'll be sure to link to that. But uh, any quick thoughts on open container laws? You know, hopefully this will get moved forward at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. Um, It's good that they're talking about it. I think Marty Small actually said that he wanted it or he was worried that people that were sort of in the same block as the beach but not actually on the boardwalk would want it open to them, which is his reasoning behind tabling it. And, you know, if you can't get the, uh, the Pick-a-Lily pub, if they're not allowed to serve you your open container beer, then I guess there's no point.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, one of the things that that was it was said in the article was that, you know, basically this is happening already. Uh, I think it was the Irish pub. Um, one of the managers or the owner there said, you know, you're basically just legalizing something you don't enforce. So, I, I mean, there's, <laughs> but there's merit to that. You know, people don't want to be doing something illegal, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, the Irish pub is another classic Atlantic City uh, institution. It is. Actually, all I know about them is I see the guy in the sign every time I walk up and down the boardwalk. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think it's open 24 hours. But uh, moving on from that quickly to some more development news. Uh, Bart Blatstein, who was previously chosen to develop the Garden Pier, who owns... showboat and has not yet done much with it who owns the playground and uh has done stuff with it to some level of uh lack of success i guess so far but he has been awarded the right to develop the uh, beach volleyball courts between showboat and revel and he's proposing a 40 million dollar event center it would be part of the showboat Shockingly, Glenn Straub also wanted this area uh, to develop. I mean, basically, anytime anything comes up as available to develop in Atlantic City, Straub and uh, Blatstein are the two major players. Straub wanted it for equestrian fields and a sports dome. Uh, the city basically decided that Blatstein's plan was a better fit with the city's master plan, and so that's why they went with him. Uh, I think the price was $1.9 million. Straub was offering more, but... uh You know, until we hear anything about showboats plans or, uh, you know, plans for what's actually going to happen there, it's kind of hard for me to think about other stuff, Garden Pier, this volleyball court. I don't know if you have anything to add about Straub or Blatstein trying to develop this thing.
1: I mean, I don't really care. I mean, if I were... Glenn Straub, I'd be annoyed too, considering I I think he offered basically twice as much money and they went with Blatstein anyway. So, it's not like they are just rolling in dough and can uh, you know, be super choosy on who they want. So, I'd probably be annoyed too, but I mean, it's clear that they and Bart Blatstein are in pretty deep, have some pretty deep ties right now, so I don't know. I hope something good comes out of it.
0: Yeah, and it does sort of make me wonder between Baderfield and this and now Straub is saying that uh Blatstein's exclusive period to negotiate about the garden pier is is over. Um it seems like the city is maybe a little bit suspicious
1: or maybe suspicious isn't the right word. But. Yeah, suspicious is not the right word, <laughs> but yes, they're they're skeptical. They're a little bit wary of putting all of their eggs in the Glenn Stroud basket, which I think isn't an entirely unreasonable position to have. But, I mean, I'd still be annoyed if I were him, too, especially since they are going bankrupt and he's offering to pay the money. That's a good point.
0: Um, so we'll see what happens with that. We'll see, you know, who knows, maybe Stroud will end up with all of this land if Blatstein uh, doesn't get everything done in time. But the big news today uh, is that the Assembly and Senate both – passed the takeover and pilot bills, that's the payment in lieu of taxes bill, basically saying that instead of paying property taxes, the casinos will pay based on their gaming revenue. Uh, it also sets up a 150-day window where the city has to draft a five-year fiscal plan. They have to balance the budget starting in 2017. Uh, this is a slight change from the latest steve sweeney uh, senate president steve sweeney's offer of 130 days it's shorter than the year by year benchmarks that uh, assembly speaker vincent brieto proposed but i guess this is kind of the compromise so uh if they can do this in 150 days if the city can can balance the budget and come up with an acceptable fiscal plan they'll get 56 million dollars in state aid in 2017 the budget deficit i think is closer to 100 million dollars so that doesn't totally close the budget um And also, if the state doesn't approve the plan, the takeover can go into effect immediately and they can start doing things like laying off city workers, busting the unions and things like that. So, uh, it's, it'll be interesting, um, to see where this goes. It's on Christie's desk and he says that he would act quickly, but he did not specifically say he'd sign. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you can get all the details in another Christian Hedrick article, uh, that I'll link to in the show notes, but I don't know if you have anything to add. Uh, we've talked about this thing to death, and just to see it finally passed in both the assembly and the senate is is nice at least, I guess
1: so so it sounds to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, so it sounds like they they need to cut in the next hundred and fifty days basically forty million out of the budget, right? Because it's like they have a hundred million shortfall, but they're going to get sixty million or fifty six million extra, right. so I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know they've cut a lot already. So I don't know if, if it's reasonable what the state's asking for. I'm sure over the next couple of days, a lot more is going to come out about it and we'll have a lot better idea if, if this is something that is plausible and can be done or if this is just something that is actually impossible to do. So the state will be taking over Atlantic City, but I don't know. We'll, we'll learn a lot more in the next few days.
0: Yeah, and a small part of me, a small, very cynical part of me looks at this and says this is just set up for the state to take it over because it's setting a goal that's very difficult to attain. It's setting up a system where the state can just say, actually, we don't, we don't trust your plan. We don't think you're actually going to get this done, so we're just going to take it over now. Uh, but that's jumping the gun. I think we'll at least give them the the benefit of the doubt for now and see how this plays out. And I'm sure we'll cool. have much, much more uh, as this. Yeah, uh, I'm sure in the next. By the time the
1: next episode comes out, we'll uh, we'll yeah. have a lot more about this. Like like Craig said, this just all happened this late this afternoon. So,
0: yeah, I mean, after a lot of back and forth and some acrimony between various parties involved, the fact that it came together this fast and passed just over overwhelmingly um, was was kind of surprising. So. I mean, I guess I knew that it was going up today. I didn't know that necessarily everything would happen within just the course of an hour or two hours like it did, but, um, it's good. Good for now. Other things going on today, uh, that were filling the do for a win Twitter feed was, uh, the East Coast Gaming Conference was in Atlantic City and resorts, uh, CEO, I think it's Mark Gintonio. Is that right? Uh, their CEO basically was predicting doom uh, if North Jersey casinos open. He was saying three to five properties would close. Uh, he said he's got studies that he's going to release and that'll prove all of this or show how dire the situation is if uh, if North Jersey casinos open. So that I mean I don't think is too surprising to us, right? Like we've kind of been assuming that if North Jersey casinos open, it's going to be pretty devastating for Atlantic City. The the rebuttal to that came from a Meadowlands racetrack owner, the Meadowlands racetrack owner, who said that people who like Atlantic City and who are stakeholders in Atlantic City should be supporting this referendum, because if it fails, it's going to come back on the ballot two years from now with nothing for Atlantic City. So rather than, you know, this whatever, $200 million in aid, Atlantic City's going to get nothing. So... That I thought was interesting. Uh, It was an interesting point, and it's something that I had never thought of. And it seems plausible. I mean, do do you put any weight behind that at all, or do you think if you know if it dies and just fails miserably, it's going to be done?
1: Um, I imagine that they'll they'll at least give one more run at it. I mean, to to me, the statement seems. I mean, I don't know. It's like the ultimate in not working together to try to find a solution. I guess. Um, but we, we've talked about, about this before. I mean, I don't know, 10 episodes ago I was probably talking about it and I think we, we said like, yeah, between three and four casinos would close immediately if this happened. He's saying three to five. So I think that that kind of jives with what we've thought in the past. Um, and you know, to the idea that, that some people are passing or trying to let on saying this is going to be a boon for Atlantic city because of the money that's going to be flowing in. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. I mean, it's just nonsense. That's not what Atlantic city needs. I mean, honestly, you know, the state's taking so much money out of Atlantic city right now. Anyway, that, that if, if there, I mean, I think if there were cooler heads and if, people wanted to actually try and find a solution and figure out a reasonable number for Atlantic City rather than trying to use it for political whatever, which is kind of what I think is happening. Um, there there could be a solution. And so just giving them some money I don't think is going to help when you're killing their entire economy.
0: Yeah, and so the, the Newark Star-Ledger actually posted a, a, an editorial today saying, oh, Prieto basically just wasted everybody's time um and and installed this thing and didn't help you know hurt atlantic city hurt north hurt northern new jersey because it's hurting the perception of of casinos and it's going to make the referendum harder to pass and one of the things that the editorial said is how uh you know the money is going to help atlantic city sort of develop beyond a gaming destination and they need the money for that and i just think that that's totally ignorant of of the situation and uh you know the idea that giving the city a bunch of money that probably just closes the gaps in their budget and, and gets them to where they're operating on a reasonable level. Uh, I think that's a long, long stretch from saying that they're going to be able to use that money to get other attractions open. I mean, especially like the city doesn't really control that. That's, you know, other interests who are going <laughs> to have to, have to pump money into it and develop. So I thought that was really weird. Um,
1: I, I do have to say, I mean, just going back to the comment again that, like, basically, if, if this doesn't pass this time, we're going to do it in two years and Atlantic City is going to get nothing. I mean, it's just – it it it's incredibly stupid and, I mean, it's just not what's going to happen. Like, at any time – I mean, I can't even imagine the state of the southern New Jersey economy. If North Jersey opens these casinos and does nothing about South Jersey, I mean, it's going to be – A a complete disaster. I mean, so it's just—it's not only untrue. It's just—I don't know. It (laughs) Blows my mind how untrue that statement is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like that's not going to happen. I'll put nothing past Jersey politics, but it would be shocking. It would be such an affront to the Southern Jersey. I mean, not just the politicians down there that would fight against it vehemently, but the the people of of Southern Jersey who, you know, it would basically slap them in the face and and take a lot of their jobs away. So that would be really surprising. So you're right. I I don't know if I see that happening. Um, But speaking of things that I don't see happening, uh, Ruben Kramer, who was making all these tweets from the uh, East Coast Gaming Conference, also tweeted that Foxwoods has had very informal conversations about operating in Atlantic City. So I guess someone brought it up to him. He went to uh, the head of Foxwoods, who was there, and said, Hey, Someone mentioned that you've been in talks about coming to Atlantic City about operating a casino somewhere. Is there any truth to that at all? And he basically said, "Oh, we always keep our options open." And and uh, the quote was very informal conversations. So, uh, what do you? Th- I know people, you know, obviously want to talk about it because anytime there's there's a new operator uh, bandied about, people want to. Get excited and say, "Oh, it's going to happen! There's going to be Foxwoods in Atlantic City, and that's a huge casino operator." But do you think there's actually any smoke here? I have
1: no idea. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I know that there's a major casino that is allegedly going to be opening in about 20 days. Who has been looking for a partner to or a partner to run the casino part of the hotel? So. I mean, it's possible that he, he was reaching out to everyone or people were reaching out to him or whatever, so that would be very informal conversations. I have no idea who's going to run that casino, though, and I don't know if Fox has been in talks with anyone else about any other property or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, just the idea that they would buy either Trump Plaza or the oh, old no, Atlantic I, Club. Oh, not I don't think they're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I just can't see it, you know? And it, it would be, for me, partnership with Rebel makes by far the most sense. Right, so... You know, I think people want to read this and say, oh, they're going to buy one of the closed properties and then we're going to have a, I guess, 10th casino, if you assume. No, <laughs> I, no, yeah, no, I no. can't see it. So, I mean, I guess I'd love to be proven wrong uh, on some level, but I, again. I,
1: I mean, the other option is if, if there is a casino in place, once whatever Bart Blatstein's vision for showboat happens, that's another possible landing place, but I don't think they're going to be buying a casino and opening one
0: up. Oh, yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about that is... Blatstein hasn't, you know... Uh,
1: I, I don't know if Bart Blatstein even knows what he's doing with the showboat yet, so...
0: Yeah, there's been very little information about that. Uh, so, speaking of Revel, Glenn Straub uh, is now offering $10,000 if you can come up with a name for the Revel property. And he said that, uh, I think he was at a Columbia University architecture, some sort of talk gathering of students, getting their ideas, picking their brains... And he mentioned that, and so Amy S. Rosenberg from the Philadelphia Inquirer posted an article about it, um, and then later updated the article with his email address, which is StraubPolo, all one word, at AOL.com. So first of all, AOL.com, Glenn Straub, that's, uh, that's pretty old school, which I guess, you know, fitting for Glenn Straub. Uh, but, you know, if you have a good name and you want to send it, you can send it right there and uh, try your hand at ten thousand dollars Now, I don't know how he's given you that ten thousand dollars. Is it in you know free slot play or casino credit or food and beverage, or is he cutting you a check? I don't know. Um, obviously, the assumption would be cutting you a check. Uh, so we had actually discussed this um, on the Facebook group and on a previous episode, and Mike C. suggested the Pearl, which I think is still the best suggestion I've seen, and he forwarded, forwarded me the email that he sent Glenn Straub. So he has sent it in, um, so I would love if it ended up getting named the Pearl, uh, and he sent a nice little explanation and everything saying, you know, it's the the hidden gem at the northern end of the boardwalk, and the Pearl is is the ball on top of the Revel. so... That I think would be pretty great. Uh, Amy S. Rosenberg also updated the post with a lot of suggestions from readers that came through her Twitter, and uh, a lot of them were very jokey, like Casino McCasino Face. Um, Rebel was very popular, Rebel with a B instead of a V. I can't imagine they'd go that close to the original name. Um, I don't know, you know, I suggested Traymore. I think, back in the day, but I think that's just way too old school for what the the building looks like and everything. I don't know if you have any other thoughts or ideas. I tried to look through a bunch of nautical uh, glossary terms and couldn't come up with anything that sounded even remotely decent.
1: Uh, I think the Pearl's great. Hopefully, Mike C wins, and hopefully he buys us a beer when he does.
0: Yeah, take a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Ten grand. Um, Yeah. That'd be awesome. So I don't know if we'll ever hear anything about that or if it's one of those things like a lot of, I think, sports team naming contests. You know, you send in everything. And they tweak it just a little bit, and they're like, "Actually, this wasn't your idea because we changed it just slightly." And so you actually get nothing. Like I don't know, you know, if he says like "pearl" instead of the "pearl," I don't know. I don't know how that works. But anyways, we'll see what happens. They they need a name soon. Like I think that's indisputable.
1: It's a prerequisite for opening.
0: It is. Like yeah. I mean, I guess I would think the. There is the bar with no name at Harris, but that's not quite the same thing.
1: All right, so I think that's it for the news. You want to move on to the uh, trip report part of the episode?
0: Let's do it. So the trip, uh, you know, last time we did a trip report, we did very chronological and just kind of went down what we did, where and when. Um, I'm thinking this time we should sort of go by categories, unless you object. Nope. So first, first and foremost, we did a meetup. So we did the first ever do-for-a-win meetup uh, at the Mountain Bar at 5 o'clock on Friday. And we had, uh, I thought, a decent turnout, you know. I didn't know what to expect. And Eric, Neil, Paige, and Ken all showed up. Uh, we sat around and, and talked about Atlantic City and some other podcasts. And then uh, the beer pong tables at the Wild Wild West – We're calling at least to a couple people, and we all ended up playing beer pong, a a little mini beer pong tournament, which I've not played beer pong in quite a while, and it showed, (laughs) Uh, but it was a good time, and so we did that and then ended up heading from there to Bally's and played a little bit of craps together, which went quite poorly, (laughs) I think, for everybody involved. Um, but you know, good time talking to everybody. I thought everybody was really great, and just you know, hearing sort of their stories about Atlantic City and how often they go and what got them interested in the podcast and all that stuff. I, I just thought it was really great, and I hope to do many more of these in the future.
1: Yeah, it was awesome to definitely meet and hang out with some uh, some listeners. I mean, I think I understand that. I, I think all four of them were already had plans to come to Atlantic City on this. This weekend, so I don't think it was specifically to meet us, but I think that's to be expected considering we didn't really give people the most notice, but also we just started six months ago or whatever, but uh, it was super cool to meet up with some listeners, and and hopefully we will do it again sometime this fall.
0: I, I would have felt bad if anybody had gone out of their way to plan a trip around around that meet-up. I mean, I guess, I mean, not that meet-up, but just around meeting us, period, <laughs> uh, but you know, I guess you're still in Atlantic City, and Atlantic City's a good time. So, uh, hopefully, we can do these things more often, and maybe someday there will be a meetup that's worth actually planning a trip around. But expect that's yeah. Quite a ways off. I
1: don't think that's going to be for the, for, for the foreseeable future.
0: No, we'll be we'll be really really famous by that time. I think
1: yes, that is right. We'll be Atlantic City podcast celebrities.
0: Yes, we are Number already one rated podcast in Atlantic City, Craig. Absolutely. Uh, actually, there's like AC Weekly or whatever. That is it AC Weekly? Whatever it is. Primetime AC. I think they might do better than we do. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Uh, so, rooms. We stayed at different rooms. Uh, me and one friend stayed in a room at resorts in the Ocean Tower. Two of our other friends were in another room in the Ocean Tower on separate floors. Uh, I think they were pretty similar in their quality, which was not terribly high. Um, And I I don't know, I periscoped a video of the room um, actually totally blind. Like, I just went in, I didn't even take my backpack off, I just recorded the room, looked around at everything. And really, I didn't think the room looked terrible on first glance. When you first walked in, it looked fine. (laughs) The, The linens and everything were totally fine. You know, there wasn't a gross comforter on the bed, the sheets look totally clean, so that to me is like job number one. Uh, you know, if there's a, a comforter that's obviously from the 80s, that's a big turnoff. Um, which I did stay in a hotel recently that was like that. But uh, when you started looking closer at things, it started to go downhill pretty quickly. And uh, so the obvious, the most obvious one was that the furniture was just all really old. I mean, I would guess that it was the original furniture. From when the casino first opened, like when the rooms first opened, I mean just the tops were totally worn down and and getting totally beat up uh, so that was uh that was interesting. one of the chairs in my room, the legs were starting to fall off like separate from from the frame of the chair, so luckily, I noticed that before I tried to sit in it because it was just wobbling everywhere so resorts i think definitely needs to update their furniture and do a little bit of a renovation and i know they're working on it uh so hopefully that gets done for all the floors at some point because i have to say i'm not sure i would go for that room again um you had a different room you saw the room you didn't stay in it but i know your impressions were not terribly positive
1: yeah i mean it's just I, I think you nailed it it was just it was a bit beat up. I mean, it, it obviously hadn't been renovated in a little while. Uh, the furniture could have used a little work. I mean, it was fine. It was perfectly acceptable. I'm not a, a big room snob or anything, but...
0: So, actually, I'll say the, the biggest problem I had with the room was the temperature control was really difficult. And I don't know if that's just because it's a really old building or what, but I thought, uh, you know, when I was trying to sleep... Well, when we first went in, it was really hot. And then I turned the, the uh, thermostat down quite a bit. It cooled off. But then during the night, you know, the air conditioner would kick on and it would get cool and pretty nice for about 10 minutes. And then it would get warm and muggy, uh, just within another five or 10 minutes. And then the air conditioner would kick on again after another, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And so that constant cycle just kept waking me up. And so I, you know, I think I only got three or four really solid hours of sleep. And then I was just kind of laying in bed, you know, alternating between comfortable and uncomfortable. And that was kind of frustrating. So even though I thought the bed was comfortable and, and the the sheets and everything were fine, but the temperature control really messed with me a little bit so that I wasn't a big fan of that. And then the bathroom, I just thought could have been cleaner. <laughs> and at one point, like I was brushing my teeth in the morning, and I was going to gargle and like lifted my head up and saw a hair like stuck to the ceiling. And I had to immediately like spit the water out and gag because of, that was pretty gross. So you know, that kind of stuff that just, like, happens in older properties, like, you know, it's annoying because it's fixable without a ton of investment, but, well, the air conditioning probably is not, but <laughs> certainly the cleaning is. Um, so I definitely left feeling like probably if it's between them and, and Bally's or Caesar's or whatever, I'm obviously going to pick the other options. So a little disappointed because I was I was really excited to stay at resorts, like I said, but... Um, you know, would maybe try a renovated room there or try, like, the $20 sandwich or something like that to see if I can get an upgrade. But I don't think I'd stay in in one of the regular o- ocean rooms unless it was the only comp I was getting uh, for a trip. So, So what about you in Tropicana? I didn't see your room in Tropicana. I don't know. You were there for two nights, so you certainly got a lot of time to experience it.
1: So, all right. So when I originally checked in... They informed me they did not have any non smoking rooms available at that time, and so they gave me a smoking room, which was pretty lame because I don't smoke. Um, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not a big snob, I don't really care, but I was annoyed, and uh, so whatever. I got my key card and I went upstairs and I scanned my card like, you know, I don't know, 15 times in the door, and it just it wasn't denying me entry, it just wasn't doing anything. So I was about to head back downstairs to the front desk and be like, WTF? But, uh, like, it finally opened, like, on the 16th scan or whatever. So I went in. My room was fine, but it was nothing special. I was on a smoking floor, which I think, personally, from the couple of times I've, I've stayed on the smoking floors, they tend to be a little bit louder and more wild than the non-smoking floors, which isn't really what I'm looking for. Um, so anyway, yeah, I got there. The room was all right. I went down, I gambled for a little while, and then I went back up and the key card was doing the same thing. And I scanned and scanned and scanned and scanned and couldn't get in. So then I was like, all right, whatever. So I went back down to the front desk and I'm like, look, like something's wrong with the door, I think. i had actually replaced my my key before I started gambling. So I knew it wasn't the key. I think it was the actual scanner on the door itself. And they're like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, do you have any non-smoking available? Because you didn't when I first checked in. And it was like one in the morning by that point they're like, yeah, we can actually move you to one. So I ended up, you know, getting security to let me into the room, and I took out all my stuff, and I moved to a non-smoking room. So that's the room I'm going to really talk about. Although the two were basically the same, just one was on a smoking floor and one was on a non-smoking floor. So what tower was this in? I was in the West Tower, okay. Uh which is not one of the three most recently renovated towers, because I think North, South, and Havana are the three that have been renovated most recently. Yeah. But um the West Tower, it was... It was totally fine. It, it it was definitely nicer than the ocean tower room and resorts that, <laughs> that I saw. But a little but, uh, Not that, that Craig stayed in, but the one that our other friends stayed in. Um, I mean, it, it was like, there was small stuff wrong. Like, you know, the walls were a little beat up. Like, it could use a new paint job and everything. The bathroom wasn't, like, the newest thing in the world. Uh, I think I we had a similar I had a similar tub in mind that you had in yours. It just looked a little bit old. It wasn't a nice shower or anything like that. Um, but honestly, for for me, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in the room, so it was it was totally fine. Uh, it wasn't anything completely special, but it wasn't totally disqualifying either. So you'd you would book that
0: room if it was a free room, you'd be fine there. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Okay. Totally.
1: So that's I mean I'd I'd be fine in the ocean tower too. I don't really care. <laughs> but my A C worked great too. If the A C wasn't working that that well then I would have been much more unhappy. So
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't sleep that well in hotels anyway, I don't think, and, and it really didn't help. But uh, so do you want to talk about our gambling excursions and how that went? So
1: Thursday night I got there I played tiles for two or 3 hours. It went totally fine. I was even or maybe up 50 bucks or something. Then I went and played craps and basically just immediately lost everything. So just to tell you how bad it was, when I got to this table it was full and I played craps, this was $10 craps for about half hour and when I left I was the last person at the table. That's not a good sign. No. It was it was a disaster. I mean, it was the worst craps table
0: I was at all weekend and that is saying a lot. Wow. I was only at one craps table and it was it it did not last long. No. So
1: but you know when, when everyone leaves the table it's going bad. So um so that's all I did uh Thursday night. I just played tiles for, for two or three hours and I played craps for about a half hour. Uh, Friday morning, I just woke up. I uh, actually went for a run on the boardwalk for a while and basically just went straight up to resorts to meet you guys.
0: Oh, so, so you didn't do anything before we got there, like gambling? Uh,
1: I, I ran and I ate breakfast. But that's it. So, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, my... So then, you know, we met up and basically did our thing where we wander around and go to different places and play at different places. But, uh, you know, a couple of things that I just want to point out about uh what I saw in the gambling was Resorts had ten dollar blackjack switch uh where actually the dealer stands on all seventeens. So we played that for a little bit. Um so blackjack switch is just blackjack blackjack with a or is it was it match? Blackjack match?
1: Just blackjack match. Blackjack switch is an actual game that is different than blackjack. So it is so you should not say that, yes,
0: so it was Blackjack match. we did not play Blackjack switch, so blackjack match is just a bonus bet uh on top of regular blackjack, you can totally play it like regular blackjack, and the match is you know you put whatever you want to put on the bonus bet, and if one of your cards matches the dealer's up card, you get three to one three to right? one if it's the same number and if it's suited and the same number it's. 13 or 14 to 1? 14 to 1, I think. Um, Which actually, you know, happened to us several times, but we weren't playing that bet because it's got to be a terrible bet.
1: It did happen to us several more times than it happened to us.
0: So, yeah, we did not not play that bet, um, which I think was probably a good decision, except, you know, we saw it would have hit a few times. Um, Although, you know, you're just losing constantly if you play that bet. Uh, So... That was interesting. The other thing is the next day I went back and played at another ten dollar blackjack match table where the dealer did not stand on all seventeens he hit on so
1: 17. do you, do you do you know how how it works there like do you know the difference like do you know which tables are and which aren't
0: so I don't it just seemed like it was just based on what was you know on the table,
1: so all of the tables so if you if you're if your back is to the boardwalk. All the tables all the way to the left, right against the wall, are dealer stays on soft seventeen, and the other three rows dealer hits on soft seventeen so that so you need your sense. back against the wall on the left if you're
0: looking at it with your back facing the boardwalk, okay, so that's good information if you're looking for some good rules. Like, you can also just look at the tables, too, right? But, um, but I, you know, I saw the, I just happened to be at the stand on all seventeen's table the first time we played, and so I just assumed they were all the same. And then I was sitting down, and uh, it was, I noticed, you know, after I'd been playing for twenty minutes or something that. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that too because it happened to me as well
1: when I lost when the dealer got twenty one when he had seventeen oh, no. and I was like, what the hell.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm sure. It, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's only those tables oh. back there." And I'm like, "Damn it. <laughs> good to know. Good to know." Uh, Should have read the table. And actually another thing that happened when I sat down the next day on uh on Saturday was that there was a guy solo at the table. Um So he, there was that table and then there's another table that there was just nobody at. And I didn't really want to play solo cuz just the game goes too fast. You know, not that two people is going to move so slow, but So I sat down next to him and then another guy sat down. And when the other guy sat down, him and the guy who was already there when I got there started to have a conversation about like, Oh, I was doing so well when I was solo. And then, you know, other people showed up and then the third guy who came was like, Oh yeah, I wouldn't have messed with you if you were just here solo. So I don't know, maybe I'm just an asshole, but I never (laughs) even thought of that. And I'll probably, you know, it probably won't stop me in the future because I just don't really care. Um, But I'm sorry. Like, if I'm sure the casino would rather me sit there, like yeah. you're not going to have your own table to yourself unless you're playing all the hands. <laughs> like, I, I, know you I, I love, I love having a table to myself, no matter what the game is. So. Uh, I'm not a fan. I love it. So, so that was interesting. I'd never thought about that. I, you know, if anybody, you know, I, I know we have a listener, um, black chick, black, black chip diary who, uh, Keeps his blackjack blog. I'm interested to hear what he would say about that. Uh, about if you're if
1: you're, an, if you're an AP, you almost always strongly prefer having your own table because it makes it, you see way, way, way more hands.
0: Right. Um. So that's true. But I don't know. If I am you, not an AP. But though, would you so. get annoyed about somebody showing up? Like if you're solo and somebody shows up and sits next to you, are like, ah, uh, you totally ruined my mojo. If you're an AP, it's actually costing you money.
1: Someone else sitting down. So.
0: Yeah, I don't think this guy was an advantage player.
1: His statement <laughs> no, was know. not
0: like I was, you know, he just said like I was doing... He well probably apologies. thought you ruined his mojo. It, probably. I mean, I was like, you know, hitting on 15 and stuff. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> hitting against a dealer's five.
1: so Hid- h- Hitting on 12 against two.
0: All of that stuff. That, that makes the people mad. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, I'm pretty good with the rules.
1: No, no, 12 against two is good. It's only that people think it's bad. Yeah,
0: that, splitting twos against a two, which we saw a lot of, I feel like, this trip. Um, not, well, not just that, but splitting twos against a two and then getting another two and having to split again. You had to do that once, and somebody else mm-hmm. did when I was playing the second time. So, uh, anyways, that's all boring rule stuff that we can get into in a blog post or something. So, all those blog posts we write... Uh, so one thing I'll say about resorts is that the cocktail service was very fast. I thought, but the beers were small. <laughs> like I don't know yeah. if they were they were six or eight ounces. They were not big. So
1: it, it was showboat style, undoubtedly.
0: Yeah. So so the other so if you're at resorts, Andy, our friend Andy and I, we just went to the five o'clock somewhere bar and bought a three dollar Equis that was twelve ounces. And I don't know if it was you or Taylor. Um who gave us a lot of shit about that. Uh saying, you know, the beers are free at the tables, which first of all, you know the beers are costing you whatever you're you're losing at the tables. But
1: the beers are free at the tables, Greg.
0: Um that's what they want you to think. So when we saw but you're also, you know, you tip a dollar. So you're already
1: okay, cutting beers are
0: at the table. cutting into the three dollar cost, um and then the beer's like half the size. So uh, so that I do you not tip at the bar. So I did tip at the bar. So you're right. Let's see. And not only that, but it was there was tax at the bar. So it was like two dollars and thirty three cents uh, or something. You got. I agree with Taylor. You got ripped off. I got totally ripped off on my beer that was twice the size of your your beer at the tables. But that's right. Uh, so I would do it again. I would do that again because then I'm not waiting and I don't have to be at the tables playing to get my my beer. But
1: why even go to the casino?
0: It's a good point. Why do I go to the casino? <laughs> we will never know. Uh, so another thing that we did at resorts, and also at Tropicana, is the Royal Derby. And I don't know. Do you want to go first on what you thought about Royal Derby? I thought it was pretty shit. I'd much rather <laughs> be at a real track.
1: It was not fun at all. Oh, I enjoyed it. I will, not, I will never do it again. Oh, my goodness.
0: Wow, okay. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun until it broke. Uh, you know, it's not the most... The uptime is not as high as, say, any other machine in the casino. <laughs> uh, that was definitely... So the one at resorts, we I played on for quite a while, and it didn't have any issues. Um, you know, there was maybe one time where sort of the screens kept going around and the horses just stopped, and that was weird. And they paid out, like... They paid out based on what happened on the screens, not what happened with the horses. So I don't know if the sort of whatever magnetics that make the horses go around just lost their connection or whatever. But then once the race ended, the horses got back into the uh, gates and the next race was totally fine. At Tropicana, we sat down and it maybe got through two races and then the thing just completely crapped out. Like all the horses got bunched together and couldn't get themselves straight straightened out in the gates. And so they had to shut the thing down open it up so we saw inside the the thing and uh, and I tried to periscope it and got very sternly told that there were no pictures um, because you don't want people getting any ideas about how to be an advantage uh, Royal Derby player uh, based on... It should be your research. next career. Um, yeah, yeah, it should be an advantage Royal Derby player. Now that I've seen the insides and I have video of it, you know. I know they're not going to let me anywhere near that machine. <laughs> uh, so then the next morning... I actually went down and wanted to play some Royal Derby before we headed out. Um, you know, you guys all headed over to Borgata, and they were working on it. So I don't know if that was just routine maintenance or what the deal was, but he was sort of taking his sweet time uh, getting the Royal Derby machine back up and running.
1: You also woke up like two hours after. Oh, roll. yeah,
0: well, woke up is not the right like it, me. I was up at 5.30 and laying in bed and trying to, just yeah. uh, hoping that I would fall back asleep.
1: Yeah, me, Taylor, and Andy were definitely downstairs
0: significantly before you and Dave were. Was the Royal Derby machine working when you got down? Uh, I have no idea because I was not looking at it. You didn't go straight just the line for Royal Derby? Ah. Uh, So I'll say that Resort's machine looked nicer than the Trop's machine. So that's, you know, if you're all about aesthetics, I thought it was a better machine. I will definitely play Royal Derby again. I had a good time. I think our friend Dave had a good time, too.
1: I love going to the track. I mean,
0: it's exactly the same. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's exactly the same, but cooler because they're little yeah. horses and their legs move, and it's just awesome. All right, I liked it. I'll go again. You don't have to play. That's fine. So, anything else? What do you? What did you think about? Sort of gambling from property to property. Did you think any property was better than others? Did you think? any property was significantly worse. Do you have a favorite? I know we've sort of come to the conclusion that the Caesars properties are kind of our home base, but...
1: Oh, no, my favorite by far, and just it, it blew me away on uh, Saturday morning, is uh, Borgata is so nice to gamble at.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I I meant sort of boardwalk properties. So again, uh. so I'm falling prey to sort of not thinking that... Uh, Borgata is in Atlantic City. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's the best place to gamble by
1: far. It is. Atlantic
0: City. It is excellent. It's I don't think it's close.
1: I don't think anything else compares. The other places, I mean, everywhere else we gambled, I, it was fine.
0: I had fun. But uh, it's not like Borgata. Yeah, I mean, I thought, so I actually walked around um, Golden Nugget on Saturday afternoon after everybody else left. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. headed over there because the parking was free, and I figured, why not? I never really spent much time there. Um, and so I'll say, uh, you know, it was a, it was crowded. It was Saturday afternoon. They had some sort of burger bash going on. Um, it was very active. Uh, the craps tables were incredibly active and, and energetic. Uh, the dealer seemed very friendly, which was good to see. I didn't actually play cause it just didn't have the itch or whatever, I guess. I didn't want to, you know. Risk having that feeling where you take one bat, one more bad loss before you head home. <laughs> so I, I just didn't I'm play. I'm intimately familiar with that feeling. Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> so I, I just decided to stand around and watch. Um, but there's, so there's something. I don't know. Like the gambling seems fine at Golden Nugget. They actually have some really old nine six video poker machines. So I played some of those. Uh, they have Wonka machines. So I played some Wonka. Uh. But there's just something about the place that doesn't feel quite right to me i guess <laughs> um which I don't know i I don't know it, it's weird i there's something about that property that I don't love um so even it's though like, even though dark you, and enclosed or something right yeah it feels very it feels kind of like downtown vegas style like low ceiling, everything's very very packed in tight um it is dark. So I don't know, I just wasn't really feeling it. Uh I actually I don't love the gambling at Tropicana. I think it's it's very popular on the weekends, so I think the limits are just high. I mean Golden Nugget had multiple ten dollar craps tables. Um I didn't see any of that at Tropicana. And if it was there it was behind such a sea of people that I wouldn't have had any chance to get in anyway. Uh they don't have any good video poker at Tropicana, so I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling it there. I don't think I played very much there at all, um, which I'm fine with. And and that's the same sort of sense I got last time we went, was that you know, it's okay. I had... I think I had it in my head more that oh, I really like Tropicana, and then I went, and I just didn't love it. So...
1: I agree. It's, I think it's only okay. I think it's okay. I think Resorts is okay. I think Bally's is okay. Caesars is a bit nicer, but... Borgata is by far the best.
0: Yeah, and and so I did spend some time at Borgata. I got to Borgata a little later than you guys. Um, I did end up playing there a little bit. I agree that it's just... I mean, it's such a nice property, for one thing. <laughs> um, like, I spent some time just wandering around the property and and looking at the Chihuly glass sculptures and and taking in everything and just you know, wandering around areas that you don't get to that often if you're just kind of hopping from table to table. And I really sort of got even more of an appreciation for just how nice everything is there. Um, I did sit down and play some piega Poker. I had a dealer who had just no freaking clue what they were doing. And I don't know if he was like, on some sort of medication or what. But, you know, it's Piga Poker, not tile. So this is pretty straightforward stuff. I mean, it takes me two seconds to to see who who wins and loses a Pigo poker hand. And he was taking, and it was a full table, it was four or five people at the table, and every person, he was looking at their cards for 15 or 30 seconds trying to figure out if they won or lost. And players would actually have to end up telling him whether they won, lost, or pushed. He would mess up the commission on it, like he would underpay people or... Not take enough commission. I actually lost a hand, uh, to him, and he called it a push, and I kept my 20 bucks. So, um, I did not correct him. And the funny thing about that, not only did I lose the hand, but the guy next to me was playing the envy bonus, and he hit a straight. And so he was supposed to get paid out, and the guy, like, left his chips there, so he thought, so the player thought he was getting paid out by the dealer, and then the dealer never paid him out. So they had to roll back all the hands, and so they put my losing hand back on the table with the pit boss staring right at it, and I was thinking, well, well here goes my $20, like, good riddance, and they still didn't take it away. So um, I'll call that, you know, a positive, uh, yeah. you know, free 20 bucks or whatever. But uh, the funny thing is that was the difference between being up and down at that table. <laughs> uh, I ended up up $15, but, you know. So you know that
1: sure. advantage players, they like... Go all over the country to go to brand new casinos when they open to find the shittiest dealers. Co- correct.
0: They will. That's an actual. That's an actual strategy. They would have loved this guy. Loved it. Yeah. Um. He was really awful. Uh. So I don't. I mean, he just had no business dealing. Um. But while I was there, there was somebody who was betting just gobs of money on every hand, you know, five, $600 a hand. He sat down and changed $5,000 at a $20 Pigo poker table. Uh, and he was antsy because he was waiting for Borgata to deliver him a $1,000 chip. And apparently what had happened is he was there, I don't know, I guess a couple weeks ahead uh, before that um, and was playing at one of the tables in one of the pits right by there. And dropped a $1,000 chip under the table, had no clue, left the casino, didn't even think about it, which, you know, it's like more money than I bring on a trip. And they called him and said, hey, we noticed that you – like we found a chip under the table. We went and looked at the tape and noticed that it was your chip. And I guess they found his name or whatever and called him and said, next time you're here, let us know. We'll get you your $1,000 chip which I thought was pretty amazing. I mean, just, hey, like, how lucky is that guy that it wasn't just some passerby who grabbed that thing and ran? Um, I mean, discreetly, I guess, because there are cameras everywhere. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Borgata certainly under no obligation to go find this guy, I would think, but they did, so... So I thought that was interesting and it was interesting hearing that story. Um almost as interesting as watching him bet, you know, forty dollars on the envy bonus and six or seven hundred dollars on a hand. (laughs) But uh interesting story for from the Borgata. I don't know if you've heard anything similar to that, people losing their money and getting it back. Nope. Uh what else? Food? Do we talk about some food? Sure. Where did we eat? Uh so did you eat anywhere before we got there Thursday night? You got in pretty late. No, I didn't I didn't eat Thursday night. I ate uh
1: I had some wawa. Yeah. I had a I had a Earl of Sandwich actually in the rest stop in, in Maryland.
0: And longed for the showboat Earl of Sandwich?
1: Uh the showboat Earl of Sandwich is pretty shitty. Long for the Planet Hollywood Earl of Sandwich. That is the better Earl of Sandwich.
0: Uh, that is a good one, Planet Hollywood.
1: Um So when we do our road trip down to the two Caesars properties and like I don't know, Western North Carolina. I think one of them has an Earl of Sandwich too, Craig.
0: Nice. They did that just for you, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh,
0: so what? Friday morning, did you just do like a Starbucks?
1: Um, No, so I was, when I was running back, because I, I ran all the way down to the end of where the boardwalk ends in uh, Margate, or it could be Ventnor. I'm not sure. But uh, there was like a little cafe, so I stopped there and got some food.
0: Uh, Any good? Eh, it was fine. It was generic breakfast food. So, so then for lunch, that was after the rest of our group got there, minus Dave, and we decided to wander over to the Taj Mahal because we were kind of in that general vicinity and went to White House Subs. So, so not the original White House Subs, but the satellite campus, <laughs> if you can call it that, in the Taj Mahal. Um, I thought it was pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, it was delicious.
0: So I think White House is so, known for their cheesesteaks and Italian subs. Uh, I got a cheesesteak. I don't know. Did you get the Italian?
1: I got a chicken cheesesteak.
0: Ah, you went off, off the board.
1: I mean, it was on the board, but <laughs> maybe off the board of the two things that you were
0: thinking of. Yes, that's what I'm saying. My board, yeah. not their board. Uh yeah, that was really good. I mean I've certainly heard, you know, not as good as the original, of course, you know, that's what everybody's gonna say, but if you're in in the area, I thought it was a pretty good option. Um It was good. It was really good. Um the Taj, you know, we didn't spend much time in the Taj, but I thought it looked like if it got a little bit of investment it would be really nice again. I mean I've never really spent much time there and just sort of walking around and seeing the level of detail in that place and how sort of ornate the uh, the pits are and everything like the the glasswork over the pits and the chandeliers and everything
1: oh i think i think it's awful i think it's garish it reminds me of trump trump plaza
0: you would think that <laughs> uh, i know you guys liked it
1: but i think those chandeliers are horrendous the chandeliers are too much um
0: i like and like the yeah the glass above the tables i do not like no, it no i kind of like it it didn't bother me um there's something very sort of old school
1: yeah, it's gambling.
0: like 80s '80s chic or something. Yeah, I was fine with it. I know our friend Andy, I think, was really kind of enamored and, and wanted to go back. Yeah. Uh, I certainly don't need to go back, you know, but it was interesting to see. Um, so then for dinner, that was after beer pong, and I think we were in uh, sort of an altered state at that point. Um, Truth. And so we wandered over, that was when we wandered over to Tropicana and played some, I don't even remember... Royal Derby. I think you played some tiles. Mm,
1: maybe. No, I don't think so. I think I was playing craps or something.
0: Don't know. And then, but then from there we walked out back to Tony's Baltimore Grill. Yes. Which I thought was delicious.
1: It was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life, but I was really drunk. So
0: it. So it is even more divey than i thought from pictures.
1: Oh, uh, it was super divey. Um and y- so you have to you have to d- just before you take our recommendation and go there and are like what the hell are these guys talking about? This is the worst place i've ever been. <laughs> like you have to know what you're getting into.
0: Yeah, so you, so you walk in and the the bar side is just sort of classically divey bar looking, i would say. Sort of dark with some like neon pink going on and and I thought it looked sort of like an awesome dive bar, which is like right up my alley. I kind of like that, but yes, yeah, that's what I love as well but then so then they took us around that to sort of a dining area that looks like i don't know, like a shitty old sort of family restaurant that you'd think you'd find in like some urban area i mean not urban <laughs> r- rural area, <laughs> like you know some like exurb uh that's not that close to anything. And this is like the one place in town that anyone goes to eat or something like that. Like that was what I was seeing in my head. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I was disappointed that we ended up in that side of it. Um, but then the wings came out and I crushed some of those wings that were pretty good. I thought they were tasty. Um, although who knows what I'd think if I went back and then the pizza, we got several different pizzas. I think we got like a, you know like a sausage and pepper i think it was like tony's original or something like that with sausage and peppers and onions and then we got a i don't remember what else a buffalo chicken i thought the buffalo chicken was the best
1: buffalo chicken was great we got buffalo chicken we had uh yeah some sort of sausage pizza and then we had like margarita or yeah something. just
0: like a yeah margarita kind of a yeah. clean uh so I, I mean i thought it was pretty good i wouldn't say i'll never go back
1: I will be
0: there again. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's sort of a classic Atlantic City dive experience. I think that that everyone should should do at some point uh, if you like that kind of thing. It's not for everyone. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love that kind of thing. So it yeah. was perfect. Um, and then you know, the next day, you got out of there pretty quick. I had Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast, which is.
1: No, I, I got practice. out of Trop pretty quick considering I got to resorts like an hour before you woke up. But uh
0: Yeah. Uh what did you guys end up doing for breakfast? Did you just grab Starbucks?
1: I, I had Starbucks and Trop before I left. I, I went I went and had Starbucks and took a shower and everything before I went to uh resorts.
0: Um and then yeah, so I just had Duncan. Um and then and then we headed over to Borg. Mm-hmm. Uh which I have some some bad news, which is that the cafeteria at Borg is closed. It was all walled up,
1: well, we reported that like a bunch of episodes ago that it was going to close, but yes, it is it is officially they've walled up the escalator, they put a big sign in front of the elevator. it is closed, yeah, it was
0: disappointing um and then Dave and Taylor so Dave somehow had fifty dollar match play and two free buffets, which he has no idea how that happened but so he, uh, Andy and Taylor went to the buffet and split the cost of the buffet three ways because they only had to pay for one. And they were not impressed. <laughs> so, it, really? Yeah. No, they said I it was it's pretty good. very mediocre. Hmm. Um, I, they kind of had to rush through it because Dave had to leave, but I don't know how much that would have really affected it. Uh, apparently the Bloody Marys they got were disgusting. So they said that. Uh, and just not. Not excited about the food at all. I mean, I don't really like buffets. So. I'm not a big buffet fan. And actually, you know, they certainly offered to just, just do half price basically and go all four of us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am not interested. Um, I wasn't feeling so hot anyway, so I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't into it. So later on, actually, you know, they left and I kind of wandered around. And that's when I did my wandering around Borgata. Uh, and one of the things that I w- wanted to do was just sit at long bar and hang out and get lunch there because I had been there with my wife, um, once before. And I just thought it was kind of a cool spot. Um, you know, just a nice place to hang out. It doesn't feel like it's right on top of the casino floor. It's, it's kind of relaxing, like a nice bar. That's not super chic, but, uh, I don't know, just kind of like a classic bar. And so I went there and I got some sliders. I thought the sliders were really good. Um, other people were getting pizza and stuff that also looked pretty good. So I would definitely go back there and hang out. Uh, it's certainly a good sort of pre-show option for just grabbing a drink or a cocktail before you go to a show at Borgata. But, you know, I would even go back there and just sit real quick and have a beer and lunch, um, if I'm hanging out at Borgata. But one thing, there was a bar actually at Borgata, um, I can't remember what it was called, like Twenty eight north or something like that. Twenty eight west That's, maybe. Twenty eight north is a Tropicano.
1: Ten I think?
0: ten north. Mm. So it's twenty eight West Cocktail and Piano Bar at Borgata. Okay. Which I walked by and you know, as as much as I loved everything about Borgata, it just looked so out of place. Um it's this really small triangular shaped bar that sort of juts out. Um, sort of where, I guess, the casino area meets a hallway that goes to something. Um, I'm not sure exactly where, but I just can't picture it. Um, and there's something about it that made me feel really uneasy. Like, it was kind of this very modern silver... Uh, everything was metal and it was this sort of low-hanging bar and it was a triangular bar that the guy's behind and there were like only four people sitting there. Something about it just felt really off to me and really out of place. Uh, so that was kind of odd. Like, it it actually made me feel uncomfortable, which is weird. Um, so, I don't know, that seemed kind of strange when everything else at Borgata I feel like is done so well and sort of has such uh, synergy. I don't know, is that the word I'm looking for? Um so that was kind of strange, but you know I can't say anything else much about it other than it was weird. Uh, anything else? I mean, any feelings on properties adjusted based on this trip? Pretty much what you expected?
1: I feel like I feel this way every time after I go home from Atlantic City, but I'm always like, should I just only gamble at Borgata? I just pool all of my play there to try to get comps there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're pretty generous with the comps, which is nice. Uh,
1: I mean, I'm not sure about weekend rooms, especially in the summer, but...
0: Well, yeah, maybe not rooms as much as other stuff.
1: I don't know. Uh, it's something that I feel like every time I leave, that's that's the thing that goes through my head. It's like, why do I even go anywhere else?
0: So we mentioned after the last trip uh, that when we go and we only stay on the boardwalk and just do boardwalk stuff... We don't feel like we missed out, but if we, go right. we only hang out at the marina, we feel like we, we messed up.
1: Well, so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the big problem. If if you could, like, sort of pick up the Borgata and teleport it and, like, stick it down in, like, you know, I don't know, the sand slot or something like that. Uh, it's actually, I think it's far too big to go there. But, uh, you know, something like that, then that would really be perfect. But, it, it it and it's something we've talked about before, that the marina part of Atlantic City is, like, quintessentially it's not, it, it doesn't even feel like it's in Atlantic City. I mean, I think you said there was a, a study done that people didn't even know they were in Atlantic City when they were going to Borgata. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just so nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I walked around the place and just got even better, even greater appreciation for just how nice it is. Um, and I left- it's funny that you say it cause I left thinking, you know, I know we say we don't feel like we have to get the, to the marina. I'm actually to the point now where if I have an Atlantic city trip and I don't end up at Borgata, I'm going to be disappointed because that's how much I enjoyed just wandering around the place, you know, not even gambling, just wandering around, eating, checking out the shops, uh, you know, just seeing the space, seeing those chihuly sculptures and everything. Um, so I'm definitely to a point where I feel like it's uh it's a must do list. It's on my must do list for any trip. And it's so easy uh, on your way in or out to just stop there. Yeah, and
1: I was I was thinking about doing that Friday morning, but uh I just decided to go for a run and so I, I mean it, probably partially because my Thursday night was pretty disastrous at the craft stable, but uh so I'm like, Yeah, it's just I'll go for a run and it'll be cheap and it'll be better. So another feeling I have is uh, I'm just curious if I had, like, tracked things. Like, my, I was actually up money on everything that wasn't craps, I think. I think I was probably up a couple hundred bucks. But, you know, I, I, I lost everything I, I brought to Atlantic City. I, I don't know how many standard deviations away from the normal my, my craps experience was. I can't think of a single time I was at a table and had a player hit two points. So that's not good. No, it's not good so bad. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it was unbelievable. I mean, it's not like I make weird craps bets that made me, you know, in a couple hours of fairly normal betting, losing all this money. It's, it's not like I'm putting, you know, all this money on the hard ways or anything. It's just like, you know, pass lines, mods, you know, places six and eight, maybe an occasional come bet or something, but that, that's it. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable how, how bad. The whole trip it was for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I only played crafts once and it was bad. (laughs) Uh, that was the Bally's with, uh, with Eric and, and, and you and Ken after the meetup. And, uh, yeah, that was bad. That was also bad. That was bad. I mean, that was like people were like not even rolling more than twice. Like they would make a point and just crap out immediately. Yeah. Like if, if, if somebody got a roll after their come out roll, before crapping out like that was a long roll for that session it was bad (laughs) it was really bad um so yeah that sucks let's let's not let that happen again um i mean i yeah it was bad (laughs) um so anything thoughts wise on what you want to do next trips or anything that you feel like you need to make sure you do do you feel like you knocked out stuff that you had on your list
1: no i'm 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 pretty happy i mean i went to white house i went to tony's that was a couple things that we talked about for a while i'm happy i did that uh got to see or went, i went i got to go through ventnor you know like i said i ran all the way down to the end of the boardwalk and i, I don't know what i thought ventnor was i mean it, it was absolutely the opposite of what i what i thought it was though i, I kind of i think i assumed that it was like eh, it's the same island as Atlantic City. It's more of the same but it's it's not it's beautiful and
0: it's it blew me away oh interesting yeah i've never really ventured out i've wanted to go to you know we see the elephant and all that stuff and i've never done that mm-hmm. so those are certainly boxes i've i have not checked off although you know i do feel like i i checked off a decent amount of boxes um you know tony's baltimore grill i wanted to do uh, i was excited to stay at resorts although that didn't go great um You know, I really wanted to play Royal Derby. I actually had Long Bar on my list. So all those things I kind of knocked out. Um, And I got some new things I realized that I really want to do. You know, one of them is actually hanging out at the race book. So it was Preakness on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the race book was packed. And when I was wandering around Borgata, I saw the race book and I saw how crowded it was. And so I kind of poked my head in and looked around and actually thought about just walking in and placing a bet real quick. Um... I would have bet on exaggerator, of course, um I actually would have, but <laughs> the the line was really long um and the reason i would have i'm not trying to say that I'm some genius, but uh randomly Dave had the t v on in the room, and they were it was some Philly station talking about the Preakness, and they were mentioning how how good exaggerator is in the mud, and I was like, well, that's settled. I'm going to bet on surgery. <laughs> um, so I got there, and the line was really long, and I was like, I don't know if I'm even going to be here by the time this race gets run. So I didn't do it, but you know, it was really nice. And I'd actually kind of like to just go hang out there and, and sit around and grab a beer at the bar and watch some horse races at the race how do you, book.
1: I mean, how often do you go to racetracks? Never. And how do
0: you think it? Oh, really? Never. Have you ever been to Laurel Park? Uh, yeah. I mean, a couple of times forever ago. No, I I I really enjoy the track,
1: but I, I don't I don't feel any desire at all to go to just just a like a book and just do like simulcasting.
0: I mean, obviously, I'd prefer it if it was a real sports book, but I don't know. That's uh,
1: pretty nice. I also don't I don't really have a desire to watch sports in a sports book either, which I know is a very popular thing to do in Vegas, but this is not something that's ever interested me. I mean, I I like to go and make bets, but. Like, spending three hours sitting on, like, a, a chair watching TV is not what I want to do in Vegas.
0: Yeah, I think the idea of it is more exciting to me than actually doing it, because I've certainly had the opportunity in Vegas, and I think I just get too antsy, and I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't want to do this anymore. There's other fun stuff to do. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, horse races are short, so there's that. <laughs> you know, you can hang out for 15 minutes or, or four hours, but... Uh, I don't know. I'd be willing to check it out. It's possible that I'd do it once and say, "Well, I never need to do that again." Um, You know, I'd like to check out Gardner's Basin sometime on a trip. You know, not that this—that's something I did this time. I've never actually been over to Gardner's Basin. I drove by signs for it, and I was like, "I should swing through." And then I was like, "Nah." Onto Burg- yeah, so I
1: it. when I went for my run, I I was thinking about I'm like, which way should I go? And it just looked like the end of the boardwalk going south. I guess looked a little bit farther away than if I'd gone basically because the boardwalk goes up to near the uh, the aquarium and all that. I'm like, I could go north. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll do that some other time. But I considered heading that way.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I would be. There's a couple. Restaurants over there, Back Bay Ale House, uh, Gilchrist is supposed to be really good for breakfast. Yep,
1: for brunch, yeah, breakfast.
0: Yeah. So I would check that out. It's supposed to be really um, nice over there.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I know I had a bunch of friends who stayed, who rented a house up up near there, up on like Main Avenue or whatever. So it was. They said it was. It was really nice up there.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, so one other thing that I came away with this trip, and I'm interested to hear if you feel the same way at all, because I know your typical opinions on going in and gambling and the percentage of your time spent gambling. Correct. Uh, So I would actually be interested in severely restricting the amount of money I bring. I mean, not that I'm bringing, you know, even a significant amount of money. um, but just so that, I'm forced to do some other stuff, just so I'm forced to kind of do like the wandering around Borgata or going to Gardner's Basin and that kind of stuff. Because I feel like as it is, it's so easy to just sort of see everything else as being between the tables and the video poker machines or something like that. Like everything else is just kind of a waypoint to to those things, which are the main attraction. Um, And we actually talked about this at the meetup group, which is you know AC is pretty much a gambling town. You know, it's Vegas is, is gone way beyond that. It's an entertainment town. There are shows. It's a drinking town really, you know, as much as anything now it's a club and a drinking town. Um, and AC, I don't think is, is as much, you know, certainly there's the clubs, there's bars, there are shows that are not really at the same level as Vegas shows, but, um, you know, can you sort of occupy yourself without doing the um, amount of gambling or spending the amount of time gambling that a lot of people do when they go to Atlantic city. And I've certainly gone with my wife and, and gambled almost not at all and had a really good time. Uh, although obviously, you know, the, uh, what you're trying to do on those trips is very different. It's, you know, walk around the outlets, go to a show, go have a romantic dinner. Like I'm, those aren't things that I necessarily need to do with, with you Kyle, no offense. Uh, but, uh, you know, I I'd be interested in just sort of saying like, you know what? I'm you know, not even going to bring very much this time. I'm just going to set a very very hard limit on on what I gamble and if I lose it, uh, you know, that's basically like my my not my entertainment budget for the day, but like my budget for that sort of segment of entertainment for the day. And it's possible that I'll do that once and say like, "Ah, no, that's not" It's it's more stressful than it's worth, right? Like it's, um, because because typically I bring enough that I don't eat, that I don't have to worry about it, um, you know, and I, and I don't really I'm not a big gambler. I'm playing like twenty five cent video poker, ten dollar blackjack and stuff that's typically not gonna knock out, you know, several hundred dollars quickly. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just totally talking out of my ass here, and I'm not going to do that. But for now, that is my plan. So I'll put that out there. Any thoughts? thought, yeah. Are you just gonna go right back to?
1: Yeah, I just I, I think that that we have different uh, desires when we're when we're there. I mean, that doesn't. It just sounds to me like it'd be if I didn't bring that much money and like something happened, like happened at the beginning of this trip where I lost a bunch of money. It would just be like super stressful, or I'd just have to go to the bank, which I did last trip to Atlantic City, or two trips ago to Atlantic City when we went in August. Where I just had to go to the bank on the second day.
0: Yeah, that's not fun. That's not a good feeling at all. And make a
1: a large withdrawal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I've never had to do that, and I hope to never have to do that. Uh, I mean, stupid aside. Um, it's so the the lucky streak bus on Greyhound gives you open returns basically for for that reason, right? Like the open mm-hmm. return is basically just acknowledging like you're running out of all your money and just leave when you run out of money, right? Uh, there's something odd and somewhat unsavory about that, but I used that open return many times. Not for that purpose, but uh, I like the Lucky Streak bus. I'm a little sad that I never take it anymore. Yeah, you should, man. Just for old time's sake.
1: Just for old time's sake. And to get that sweet, sweet $25 slot ride. That's
0: right. true. It's great. It's like 44 bucks round trip. You get the That's open ret- open return, so it's like whenever you're just tired or whatever, you head back. They run buses all night. It's awesome. Uh, so anything else to add about this trip?
1: No, I think I think we covered it. It was a it was a good trip all in all, though it was it was disastrous financially for me.
0: But. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was. That's
1: all right. The it goes. You win some, you lose some.
0: Yeah, I mean it wasn't good for me, but I, I don't think it was anything like what you experienced. Um. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention actually at Golden Nugget, which you know again I didn't love Golden Nugget, and I think you know I was sort of thinking I'd head over there to get lunch, and then I was looking up the restaurants, and there was like nothing really enticing for just lunch. It seems like they skew very high-end or like coffee shop. Um, but I did, I went to the chocolate box there, which is a store that I guess every Golden Nugget casino has, and they have a ton of of uh, truffles, like big sort of Godiva-style truffles, meaning like chocolate stuffed with more chocolate. Uh, and so I bought some of those to bring home, to my wife and she loved them. So she thinks they're like some of the best chocolates I've ever gotten for her because for one thing, they're gigantic and they're very colorful and they have a ton of different flavors. So that's a recommendation for anyone who, you know, you go and you have that not so good gambling trip and you, and you feel like you can't come home empty handed. Uh, so that's a weird way to wrap up, but <laughs> I think that's probably, I think it's about
1: apropos. it. And I think, I think it's time to wrap it up.
0: Okay, so I uh, just want to thank everyone who has been posting in the Facebook group. Again, the activity there has been incredible. Uh, you can find all that at facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. Our website is do for a win.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and now on Google Play. Good luck using the search on Google Play. I found it to be a huge pain in the ass so far, but we're there somewhere if you can find it. Uh, we actually link to it if you go to about on our site. You can find the link. Uh, Twitter is at do for a win, all one word. And you can send any questions you have either to there or to do for a win at gmail.com. So unless you got anything else to add, I think we're ready to wrap this thing up.
1: I think we're, we're good to call this a show.
0: Let's do it. So we don't have any plans for recording. I don't think, but we're off schedule. We're still off schedule.
1: Well, probably do it in two weeks, you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good plan. Just sort of, this is a
1: weekend of the 11th.
0: We've we shifted to the off week. I think let's just stick with it.
1: Yeah, I think that's good enough for now. So, uh, saying that, I believe that we will be talking to you all in a couple of weeks. It was great to see those of you who we did see. And until then, take it easy, everyone.
0: Did you get comp tickets to Chippendales from resorts today? I, I did. So did
1: I. Did you get the email I got that they're begging me to come back next weekend?
0: No, they're not begging okay. me to do shit. I'm surprised because I gambled at resorts for literally like an hour. I mean, I think they see me playing Royal Derby and they're just like, nah. Eh.